Well, good morning. It is the second week of our One Family series and the second week of our One Family barbecues. And I'm so excited to be here with you digitally, but also to get to spend time with you in person here in just a little while. I hope you're going to come and hang out with us. Well, today we're continuing our discussion on principles or, or foundations of spiritual families. What does it mean to be a spiritual family and what do we need to be intentional about as a spiritual family. Last week, we heard from three different people in our Young Communicators Week that talked about love, they talked about growth, and they also talked about unity and how we need those things as a spiritual family. And today, we're gonna talk about one additional aspect of spiritual family, and that is that we need community. We need community. If you've got a Bible, you can turn to the book of Acts. Acts chapter two, we're gonna read from verses 42 through 48. Let's read this together. Let's check it out. It says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as they had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved." Let's pray together before we jump into this word. Father, we thank you that your presence is here with us in all of our homes, kitchens, wherever everybody's watching. Father, your presence is there. And I ask, Lord, that as we talk about the importance of community and family, that you would light a fire in all of us to not just attend a church, but to engage in the spiritual family that you've placed us in. Let us know one another. Let us care for one another. And let us put you at the center of all of those relationships. In Jesus' name, the strong son of God. Amen and amen. What do you think about when you think about community? What, what comes to mind? For some of us, we might think of a person. For some of us, we might think of a group. For some, we, we might not think about a specific person or group, but time in our life when we really had deep-rooted community. And when I think about community or lifelong community, there's a group of people that come to mind. There's about five guys that I grew up with that we knew each other from uh, diaper age, right? Like we spent time in the church nursery together. We grew up together um, all through high school. And even today, I don't get to talk to them very often or all of them very often, but we're in a group chat and that thing probably dings on my phone two or three times a day with us just sharing different things going on in the world and talking a little bit about them. But in that group of community, there is one person that I'm a little bit closer to that I have a little bit deeper of a relationship with. And that guy's name is Morgan. Morgan and I have been friends, like I said, since uh, nursery age. And we, we are friends and have deep-rooted community together for a couple reasons. Uh, actually, three. One of them being that we have a lot of similar interests, there are a lot of things that we share in. Now, there are a lot of things that we don't share in, that we don't enjoy uh, reciprocally, but there's a lot of things that we enjoy doing together. One of those things is being geeky about just about anything that we do. 
being kind of the, the researcher, figuring out the best methods, whatever it is, we love to do that. In high school, we were both people who jumped into um, uh, some kind of a techie area and got really excited about it and researched it. For me, it was production and learning how to run sound. I did that professionally for several years before I was a pastor. And I started as a teenager. For Morgan, he became someone who was really um, getting into website design. I can remember at 12 or 13 seeing my friend beginning to make uh, websites from scratch. This was before you could download easy templates. This was making it from scratch. And now he actually has taken that knowledge and he's expanded it and he now works in app development for a living. And he, But even at that young age, he got super passionate about it. Not only are we passionate about things that it could have been careers, we're also passionate about our hobbies. Uh, Morgan and I have been friends for a, a long time, and about three or four years ago, we kind of jumped on the same bandwagon uh, simultaneously without knowing it, and that is to... Uh, to smoke meat. We love barbecue. We're Southern people. Uh, and he's got a smoker. I've got a smoker. And we're constantly talking about what we're doing, different rubs that we're using, different techniques that we're using. We love making barbecue. It's actually pretty common on a weekend for me to get a picture from Morgan where he's just showing me a beautiful bird that he's just smoked for several hours or a brisket or any, you know, or a piece of pork. He loves smoking meat, and I do too. We even, this is, this sounds ridiculous, but we even send each other uh, barbecue articles talking about different techniques to smoke. It's something that we love to do. And we're not just friends because we have similar interests. I think we're friends and we have deep-rooted community because we also are in similar seasons of life. One of the things that I've really appreciated about my relationship with Morgan is that we've always tended to be in the same season of life uh, in, in many different aspects. There are moments that I can remember where we were just on the same timeline, one of them being dating. We kind of started dating in similar uh, seasons. We also got married in similar seasons. My wife and I uh, got married about four months after Morgan married his wife, and crazy story, my wife and Morgan's wife were roommates for several years. So we have, we have that consistent bond as well. But it, not just relationally on the same season, we had moments together at youth camps and even at kids camps as children where God touched us and did a work in our lives at the same time. We, we both can remember moments where we experienced the power of the Holy Spirit together. We can both remember um, the time where I began to feel called into ministry and he began to feel called into the workplace to make a difference with what God has given him and the tools that God has given him. And we even have had, so we've had that experience, we've had relational experience, we've even had parenting experiences together. I called Morgan uh, the day that we found out that Jessica was pregnant with our son Jackson. And it was kind of a weird phone call because he felt kind of awkward about it. Like he, 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 he got kind of nervous on the phone. And I didn't think much about it, but I hung up. And the next day he called me, he said, hey, I couldn't tell you yesterday because I didn't know if we were telling people yet, but we're pregnant too. And so we had our kids like six days apart from each other. Jackson, my son, and Harper, his daughter, are just a few days apart. And so that, that's a fun thing that connects us. 
So whether it's similar interests or it's similar seasons of life, um, we feel connected in that community. But beyond that, what's much bigger than that, I think that has held us in relationship for over 25 years now, is this, that we know that we both have a foundation in Jesus. We have a strong spiritual foundation. And I'm gonna tell you something. One of the people that I look up to the most because of their spiritual walk is this guy. Morgan walks with Jesus with integrity and consistency and, and, lives, and lives and acts more like Jesus every time I'm around him. There's just something powerful about how he's chosen to live out his life. And it challenges me every every single day to see how he's doing that. And that, that aspect of our relationship, that foundation, I believe is what makes it easier for us to continue to stay connected, even though we live on the opposite ends of the country, even though we live in, uh, we're removed two time zones, like we're two hours different than each other, which can be difficult to connect on a regular basis. But that foundation that we have, that our community is set upon, is our relationship with Jesus. And when I think about strong families, now I'm not talking about spiritual families just yet, but when I think about strong families, they always have something, and that is healthy community. It might be around the fact that simply they're related, or it might be around common interests, or it might be around something completely different, but they have strong, deep-rooted relational community together which should tell us this, that if we're gonna be a strong spiritual family, what that means is that we have to have strong spiritual community. And what do we mean when we say spiritual community versus other community? It's just that that I described with my friend Morgan. It's that we have a strong foundation in Jesus, that every community has a foundation, whether it's a political view or it's a philosophy of life, there is a foundation that brings people together in community and for a cause. But for us, in our spiritual community, it focuses and centers on Jesus. And we might be asking the question, what does it mean what does it mean to have spiritual community or to practice spiritual community? And that's what I wanna spend the rest of our time on this morning. What does it mean to practice spiritual community? We will never get a better picture of spiritual community inside of scripture than in the very beginning of the church. The book of Acts is the birth of the church. And we can see in this particular passage exactly what community looked like. And so I want to give you three thoughts on practicing spiritual community. But before we jump into those three things, I want to take just a second and say this, that spiritual community requires me to be intentional. I have to be intentional on my part to engage in it. I'm not going to stumble into it. I'm not going to accidentally just wake up in spiritual community. I can go to a church for a decade and have no community. And maybe you've gone here for several years and you say, you know what, I really don't have that community. Well, if you want that community, it's here. You just have to be willing to be intentional with it. You have to reach out and grab it and pull it in. And as we talk about practicing spiritual community, you have to know that I have to be intentional to go and begin that process and also choose these three things to practice in spiritual community. Well, let's look at the scripture to get a good idea of what it means to practice spiritual community. The first thing we wanna talk about is this, that they devoted themselves 
to what really mattered. They devoted themselves to what really mattered. Acts 2.42 says this. It says that, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayer. What do I mean by they devoted themselves to what really mattered? They devoted themselves to what was foundational, to the apostles' teaching, to being in relationship together, eating together, and to prayer. They chose to lock in on what was really important. Now, we live in a day and age where it seems like everything is climbing to the top of our importance. Our, our opinions about life, our opinions about what should be going on in our country, our political, moral, ethical views, all of those seem to be getting pushed up further and further. And I just wanna say to you that spiritual community requires us to focus on what really matters. And if we feel like there's a diversity of opinion now, we should look at what the early church was. You know, when we think about the birth of the church, we need to understand that it was birthed in diversity. As a matter of fact, the first miracle that we see in Scripture, or one of the first miracles, I should say, that we see in the birth of the church was that the gospel was spread diversely to people with different languages. That the gospel was communicated from one tongue and it was heard in several different languages. Why? Because the gospel and the church was made to live and breathe in diversity. It was made to do that. But in order for us to continue to live in diversity, we have to choose to focus on what matters. We have to choose to focus on what is really important. And we know that the more diverse a group of people are, the more opinions they're gonna have, the more perspective that they're gonna have. It's going to be unique. It's gonna be more unique the more diverse it is. And we know that the church in Acts was extremely diverse, yet they chose to focus on what really mattered. They chose to let those things that were issues, they chose to let those things that could have caused conflict and tension and even caused disunity to sit by itself along its side and focus on what really mattered. And that was the gospel of Jesus Christ. I wanna ask you this morning, as we're talking about practicing spiritual community, what in your life, what do you see being a threat to to choosing spiritual community? What do you see and think, man, if I, don't, if I don't really intentionally choose to let this be a secondary or an ancillary issue, it could rise above and keep me from what God desires for me to experience in community. What is that thing in your life? I, I wanna say this as a pastor to you, we all have those things and we all need to be willing to recognize those things so that we can choose to put it in its proper place and allow it to stand below community and allow our love for Jesus and our desire to grow together as a church family to be the most important. So they were devoted to what really mattered and they were also devoted to each other. What does it mean to be devoted to each other? Well, we see them doing two different things to devote themselves to each other in community. The first one was that they spent time together. The Bible tells us that they were spending time and worshiping together daily. It was happening all the time in the book of Acts. We struggle sometimes to think about once a week. It was constant in these people's lives. The, the church was being birthed. They were learning more about the gospel every day. They were growing closer to Jesus every day. But they were also being intentional in growing together. 
And we see them growing together and being devoted to each other, not just in gathering in a worship experience, but also spending time around food. I think it's very interesting in this passage where we see two different instances in just a few different verses that are helping us understand the relational dynamic of the early church, that it tells us that they broke bread together. This is important. In this tiny little passage, helping us understand how to relationally connect, two times it talks about food. Why? Because there's something special about sharing a meal with someone. There's something special about sitting down to lunch or to dinner with someone and getting to know them. There's, there's something about sharing in food that walls just seem to come down. And we see that inside the book of Acts, that they ate together and they allowed that to be something that helped them grow as a spiritual family together. And what I love about this picture is that it wasn't just how we think about meals and like it was a drive-by kind of a meal. It was also something that took a long time. When people ate in the New Testament together, it was an experience. Oftentimes it was several hours of eating. You'd come together, you'd sit around a table and you would spend a long time with those people. It wasn't quick, it was long because they wanted it to be a place of intimacy. They wanted it to be a place of vulnerability. And they wanted it to be a place where their community would be strengthened. And whether we're doing just spending time with each other or we're eating together, God desires for us to be devoted to knowing each other and being devoted to being around each other. And we've doubled down on this as a church this year. I mean, the month of July, choosing to do online-only gatherings at nine o'clock and then every week coming together to eat together and serve together and play games together and all the things that we're gonna be doing at the barbecues, this is us saying this is how important community is. We've had a year and a half of very difficult um, time, and it's been a strain on relationship. It's been a strain because for so long we felt like we couldn't get together, or we felt like it was difficult to get together, and we didn't know if it was okay to invite this person because we didn't know how they felt about the pandemic. All of that is, is quickly going away, and we, what we're doing is we're calling our church to come together as a family and spend time in spiritual community. We, we want this to be a place for you to come and maybe get reacquainted with people that you knew a year and a half ago, but maybe you haven't talked to them a lot since the pandemic. Maybe you, you say, I don't really have a ton of friends right now in our church because some people have moved away. Well, this is a great opportunity to come and hang out in person and get to know each other as a family. That's our hope for you. That's our hope for this season that, that that's what it, it would uh, really foundationally be, a place for us to develop deep roots over a hamburger, over a hot dog, over a game of volleyball, whatever it is that you would come and begin to reconnect with our church. You know, it, it, it's not easy doing digital gatherings and a barbecue. It's actually a lot more work. It requires a lot more people. We have over, well over um, 150 people with over 250 positions throughout the month of July just to make the barbecue side happen. That's not including the literally hundreds of man hours it's taking to pull off digital gatherings online. But... That's how much this matters to us, that we want you to practice spiritual community by being together. And when we come together, 
will become devoted to each other. Because I can't be devoted to people that I don't know. But when I begin to know them and I begin to hear their story and I begin to see what Jesus has done in them and through them, then I can choose to be devoted to them. So if I wanna grow in spiritual community, if I wanna practice this thing we call spiritual community, I have to be devoted to what really matters. I have to be devoted to each other. And I also have to be devoted to care. I have to be devoted to care. What does it mean to be devoted to care? Well, when I read this passage in Acts, there's a part of it that when you look at it for with just face value, it can seem a little extreme, right? You can see, okay, this is good. They, they came together, they ate together, they prayed together, they listened to teaching together. And then there's this next section where it begins to talk about how they were selling all of their uh, belongings and then distributing the proceeds to other people and their family. And when I hear that, it it kind of is scary, right? Like that sounds really intense. But it wasn't people just choosing to give away their stuff for no reason. They weren't just um, communally sharing everything for sharing everything's sake. No, 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 it was a form of care. You see, what was happening in, from the very beginning of the early church is that when people said that they were following Jesus, they would lose their jobs, they would lose their form of income. They not only would lose their form of income, many of them were kicked out of their families. And when they were kicked out of their families, they were also kicked out of the home that they lived in. And what was happening was the church, the brand new church of Jesus Christ was rallying around and taking care of those in their spiritual family. That's what was happening. And what I love about Red Hills Church is that we're a church that does care, that we wanna be a church that, that cares for people. And you have the opportunity to help care for those in your family. I wanna give you two examples of this. One example is that we find uh, the ability to care through people during difficult seasons by something that we call meal trains. If you don't know what a meal train is, when somebody experiences loss in their family, maybe somebody in their family passes away, or a, a good thing, somebody has a baby, or, or something else maybe traumatic happens, we, we set up meal trains. And typically they're for a couple weeks where people in our church have previously signed up and said, hey, when there's something that comes up in our church, church, we want to provide a meal. And we send out an email when somebody has a baby or somebody goes through a season of loss, and we make sure that they're covered for two weeks. That's it. It's a simple, very basic thing. And by the way, if you want to be involved in that, you say, I want to be involved in Mill Train, pull out your phone right now and just shoot an email to info at redhills.church. Pull it out right now, because you'll forget if you don't, and just shoot an email to info at redhills.church and just say, I wanna be on the mill train list. It doesn't happen, you know, 52 weeks out of the year and you don't even have to do it every single time, but it's just allowing us to let you know that you have the opportunity to help care for people in our church. The second thing that we can do to help care for each other is be in tribes this fall. Why are tribes so important? Because it's a place where you can intentionally care for a group of people. It's a place where you can intentionally uh, grow in knowing people and also be able to be there for them in a specific season. In the beginning of October, we're going to begin tribes again. And there's six weeks. Uh, they're not super long, but it's long enough to get to know people and develop a relationship with them. And that, those are places where people care for each other. I said I was gonna tell you two, I'll tell you one more. 
the dream team is what that is as well. We do serve our church together on the dream team, but when you're on guest services or you're on the cafe team or you're in worship or tech or whatever area that you choose to serve in, those people become your family. Those people become the people that you hang out with and that you uh, spend time with and people that you serve alongside with. And those people become people who care for you. And they're people that you get the opportunity to care for. And when we choose to be people who are devoted to what really matters and we're devoted to each other and we're devoted to caring for one another, something significant happens. That people outside of your community, outside of the Red Hills family, take notice. They take notice. Why? Because it's special. And those who aren't in a spiritual family, maybe they don't go to church or maybe they don't follow Jesus. When they see that, it causes them to want what they don't have. We know this is true because it tells us after it lists all these things in the book of Acts, it tells us that they were adding people to their number of, of be, people being saved daily. The number was growing daily of people being saved. Why? Because when people saw this beautiful, organic, real community, you can't help but want it. You can't help but desire that. And this is an opportunity for us to show community to the city of Newburgh, to show community to Yamhill County. And you have that opportunity for the next three weeks. Today, it's 11 to one. The next week, it'll be the same uh, all the way through the end of July, that we have an opportunity not only to gather in community, but to invite people into community, to see what Red Hills is really all about. You may have people that will never show up to a third street location and they may never show up to a gathering at Newburgh High School when we go back this fall. But you know what? We do know this, that they'll show up and eat free food and play volleyball. We do know that. They'll come and hang out. And you have the opportunity to expose people to the greatest community that's ever been on the planet. And that is the, the community of faith in Jesus Christ. So I want to invite you, don't miss out in engaging in community yourself, but also don't miss out on the opportunity to invite someone to experience real family, one real spiritual family through these barbecues. Well, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for meeting with us today. You're here. You're in everyone's homes, whether they're watching outside on their patio enjoying amazing weather or they are enjoying um, watching this in their living rooms. And I, I pray that you would light a fire under each person, that this, this thing that we're talking about, this relational connection is so important to the body of Christ. And I ask you to, to challenge them, to help them be more passionate than ever about it. And Father, I even ask that you would drop a name, maybe in the heart of 100 people right now, that they would just feel a desire to invite somebody that needs to experience your love and your grace through your community. We thank you for it and we believe you for it. In Jesus' name, the strong son of God, amen.